Hey guys, this is Whitney and you're listening to Meet the Owner. Today I have with me the beautiful, funny girl boss, PR guru. She's the CEO of Britprint, a communications agency specializing in PR, marketing, and content creation. I have Savannah Britt. Savannah, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yay! I'm so happy you could be here. I'm so happy your schedule's aligned and you can make it in with me today. I know that you are about to move out of the country. Yes. So I'm so excited that we could make this happen before you go. You're moving. You're excited about that? I'm so excited. Yeah. Where are you from originally? I'm from New Jersey. So born and raised? Born and raised, went to college there. Nice. Okay. So that's like, that's, you, you know, Jersey. Yes, I'm definitely truly a Jersey girl. So tell me a little bit about how you grew up in Jersey. What was life like there? So I grew up in South Jersey, about 15 minutes outside of Philly. And it a town called Voorhees. Most people know like Cherry Hill, like the Cherry Hill Mall. So it's about 15 minutes from Philly, 30 minutes from AC. You know, where I grew up, it was kind of like, you know, slow pace, middle of nowhere kind yep. of vibes. Yep, yep. Um, nobody really had big dreams where I came from mm -hmm. because like Philly was like in our backyard and yep. there's only so much you could really do there. Grew up, my both my parents work in education. Nice, okay. Uh, okay. My mom's a principal, my dad's okay. an administrator at a university. So growing up in South South Jersey, there's not a lot of people who've made it big. The biggest person we have from South Jersey is Kelly Ripa. Okay. And uh, ironically, Bruce Willis, but not a really? lot. Really? I didn't know that. I know, mad random. <laughs> a lot of the big that. people that came from Jersey are usually from North Jersey. So yes. if you ask Jerseyans about North Jersey. Jerseyans. Versus, <laughs> oh my gosh. If you ask them about Jersey, they'll say South Jersey and North Jersey are like two different states. Well, yeah. yeah. So did you travel to Philly a lot since it was so close? I did. Okay. I went to Philly frequently. That's really where I got my start at as well. Okay. But I quickly outgrew Philly. Why um, is that? After I went to South Africa, my after freshman year of high school, I went to South Africa for the summer. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went out okay. there to go study with the Oprah Winfrey girls at the University of Fitzwaters-Rand. Okay. So, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, in Joburg. Yep. So after that, you couldn't tell me nothing. I came yeah, back. You're and like, I, I'm not going to Philly. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've been to South Africa. <laughs> Literally. I remember asking my parents, I'm like, can I go to New York on the Chinese bus? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, you just let me go to South Africa. And they're like, like, all right, I guess we can let you go to New York. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I outgrew Philly very fast. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about your time in South Africa. It was amazing. So I did a program called LEAD, and okay. it was 30 American girls from all over America, yep. from Houston to New Mexico to Pennsylvania. So we teamed up. Uh, we did our orientation at Spelman. Um, our orientation had an introduction with Cookie Johnson, um, and, you know, she, like, really prepared us to, like, embark on that trip. And then we went out there. We met up with the Oprah girls, and we stayed in the dorms with them at the University of Fitzwaters Rand. And we all had our respective paths that we were studying out there. So I studied business that summer. Okay. And I'm still friends with, like, a lot of the girls to this day, which That's is awesome. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So you guys made that connection and grew that network. And this was right after high school? This was after freshman year of high school, so summer of 2009. Wow. So when you came back to the States after that experience, did you come back knowing, okay, I want to go into some sort of business? Yeah, I mean, I had already been in business at that point already. I started my own magazine when I was 12 years old. She just said she started a magazine at 12 years old. Yes, I started my own magazine at 12 years old. 
Um, what was it called? It was called Girl Pez Magazine. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So that opened a lot of doors for me. I was actually the youngest magazine publisher in the world. What? I was personally congratulated by Teen Vogue's editor-in-chief, Amy Astley. Okay. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, it opened up a lot of doors. So I've already, I already had that battery on my back yep. when it came to entrepreneurship. Yep. And then going to South Africa just really opened up my eyes to just new terrain. You know, I think mm. when you go global, it just opens your eyes to like so many different ways of life and just like your way of thinking. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So you came back here after that program, you finished college. What was that like? College was really challenging for me because I was running my own business out of my dorm room and apartment yep. while I was there in college. So it was challenging, you know, making those tough decisions like, do I go to my lecture today or do or I just... catch this train <laughs> right. to go to a networking opportunity in New York City? Yep. So um, it was hard, but I did a lot of all-nighters. I worked my behind off mm -hmm. and just networked and it really all paid off because by the time I graduated from college, I was working full time for myself. So mm -hmm. it was definitely worth the uh, sacrifices. What's one sacrifice that you made in college that you are proud of? You're proud that you made that sacrifice. There were so many, but one that definitely stood out for me was the day before I walked in my graduation, I curated a pop-up shop with Made in Tokyo in 24 hours out in Philly. Okay. And it was like a merchandise pop-up. Okay. And uh, it went well. They ended up doing like an impromptu performance at the pop-up shop. Yeah. And it was the first time that Made in Tokyo had came to Philly as well. Mm -hmm. I did that literally the day before I graduated from college. Like I That's did the pop-up shop. And then drove back to school that same night. For the, for the ceremony the next day. Yes, because That's... Obama was my commencement speaker. So, you know, I wasn't right? missing that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you couldn't miss that. No, not at all. That's crazy. So after college, when did you start your communications agency? I technically started at freshman year of college. Got it. Okay. It, ha it had a different name. It was called GP and Brit Public Relations at the time. Okay. Why'd you change the name? Um, I just wanted something that sounded less corporate and more millennial friendly. Uh, yes. <laughs> so that's yeah. when I ended up changing it to the Brit print. Okay. Um, I never had a formal internship in college. Okay. I interned for myself. I yep. always say that. Yep. A lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I was able to really work full time for myself by the time I graduated. Because you already knew you were creating the blueprint. Right. And you knew what you wanted it to look like and feel like and sound like. And you had an experience from starting at 12 years old, yep. really, to be able to say, all right, I've graduated college, I have my own company, and I'm going to run with this. Right. You know, it's crazy, and it's wild, and it's it's a lot to be an entrepreneur and to have your own business, and to not have that official experience or internship to know. It's a lot, right? So how did you navigate being a new business owner right out of college with your own company? It was a lot. You know, I'll say four years of college gives you ample amount of time to build up a business because a lot of people ask me they're like how did you do it I'm like well you know I have four years that I really dedicated to myself I think for me and this is just my experience about college I didn't start to really get into the groove of things until after mm. different for you because you were in the groove during college mm -hmm. right so I think when people ask you well how did you do it what did you do because they spend so much time and they're really focused while they're in school that it's like, all right, I'm out now. What do I do? Yeah. Because you're, you spend so much time reading and researching and doing papers. And all right, when do I get to apply this knowledge? But for you, it was in real time. Yeah. 
Right. Simultaneously, I treated building my business like writing my papers. And I will say I did have an advantage because I never had a job when I was in college. And my parents have always been big on that throughout my college experience. They're like, you know, we just want you to focus on school and your business. So I never had to like get a job. And that helps. It does help because a lot of people, you know, they have to have a job in college and they're balancing the schoolwork. And then I can't imagine integrating a business into all of that. Exactly. I will say one thing, you know, I was definitely, there were times where I was like, I do wish I had a job right now because <laughs> <laughs> that bank account is looking right. real college college <laughs> All right. So you're out of college. When was the moment where things started to get real and you were like, all right, like things are picking up. It's official. I would definitely say 2016, the Double XL freshman class concert. I built out the gifting suite for Pele Pele. And then I ended up working with them for the next two years doing all their influencer seating and Beautiful. content creation. So Beautiful. that was definitely a major feat for me because yes. I literally had just graduated and yes. I just hopped right into Yes. So your path has been since that age, just jumping in. Just jumping in, being fearless, yes. trying things, not being afraid of falling flat on my face. Yes. I think that that's one of my biggest assets is that I'm just fearless. For me, trying new things out is like nothing for me because, you know, something's on the other end of it, success or failure. So we'll see what's up. That's true. It's one or the other. Yeah. And you'll never know until you try. Right. right. And I've always been a big proponent in investing in myself. You know, there's so many systematic things in place that kind of make people shy away from wanting to invest in themselves. Like oftentimes we find ourselves investing our time, energy, money into other people's endeavors. Yep. But, you know, if you really slow down, you have a plan and you invest in yourself, the ROI is always going to return tenfold. Yes, yes, yes. That's very true. How did you start to build your clientele from there? Was it word of mouth? Was it networking, your network that you already had? It was kind of a combination of all the above. Okay. I will say I built a strong network throughout the course of college where it did become a word of mouth thing. Like yep. even the Pele Pele opportunity came through word of mouth. Yep. A close friend of mine referred me to the marketing director there. Nice. So I never spent any ad dollars on my agency page or to mm-hmm. market my services. It's You're always lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Things are changing with the IG algorithm though. You know, I might yeah. do an ad spin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's constantly changing and it's they're they're catching on to the fact that people are making a lot of money. They are. A lot of yep. money. And they're like, hold on. All right. We have to figure out a way to either slow this down or make it where it's harder. But they have. And they're constantly changing and making it nearly impossible. Nearly impossible at this point to to grow your following. And it's like you have to literally post multiple times a day, all day, in order to just stay within the algorithm. Yeah, almost like. In order for you to be successful at Instagram right now, you'd have to make it your full-time job. You have to, because the second you fall out of the algorithm, you're lost. Literally. You literally have to climb back up to even get in and to stay in. It's like a job. It is. That's why the people that win at Instagram usually are the people who are posting every day and have time to do multiple posts per day. Who has time for that? You know what I'm saying? I I, I can't. You would literally need to hire somebody to manage 
just social media 100%. because it's it is it's a job and you got to stay on it and but the good thing about it is that you can meet great people get great opportunity how did you use or how do you use social media to market and promote your services I think my social media is truly a reflection of my life so it's mm-hmm. always telling a story okay whether I'm at New York Fashion Week accompanying yep. a client whether I'm in Milan, connecting some dots. People see that I'm actually out here working on the ground and I'm serious about what I do. So I definitely think that my social media tells a story. You're not just posting for the gram. Right. (laughs) Doing it for the gram. We out here, we working. (laughs) Like, nah, really working. (laughs) You recently, or you talked to Forbes about making decisions and your values and how the two align and how they don't. And so you talked about an experience where you had to turn down a client that was a pretty big client, their lifestyle and their choices didn't necessarily align with your brand and your mission. And you have to turn that down. That's important because being a business owner and being an entrepreneur, you, you know, you want the opportunities. And especially for someone that you, whether a celebrity, an artist, the opportunity to work with them is huge. Right. And you're like, you want to work with me. Right. And so when you talked about turning down that opportunity because it didn't align with your values, I want to commend you for that as a woman and as a business owner, because it's hard because you, you want to take that opportunity and to build up your, your client base or your roster or just build your company. But you also have to be empathetic and you have to look at that person or that brand and say, does this really align with my values and what I want moving forward? So what was the experience like when you had to make that decision? You know, you definitely sit there and you think to yourself, it's so multidimensional. So you can see it from so many angles. You can see the pros, you can see the cons. And then you just realize like the cons just literally outweigh the pros and it's just not worth it. Yeah. And in this industry, people are so quick to make a decision just based off of pros. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. with that, they lack integrity. Mm. And um, you're just not adding positivity to the world when you do something like that. You're not really pushing the culture forward if you're compromising your you know, morals. But in that case, some people don't have them. But (laughs) morals are something serious to me. So... I just can't see myself swaying away from them because I think that having morale is what's kept me on track and gotten me Mm. to this point thus far. Absolutely. And at that point, it's not about money. Mm hmm. Right. Because that's another thing that someone can look and say, you know what? I need the money. I got to do this. Right. It's still tough because it's like, yeah, you need the money. You need to pay your bills. But how is this going to affect your brand and the image? And I I like to also add, I don't do what I do for money. So... Mm. If money was a determining factor or the reason that I did what I did every day, I'd probably be doing like crazy stuff right now. I don't know. I've seen people (laughs) compromise themselves for a dollar. Yeah. And um, that's just never been the motivating factor for what I do. I truly love what I do. I'm passionate about culture and people and just adding my footprint to the world. Yep. I think that's something that, again... I feel like your integrity, your values, your morals are the foundation for anything you do in life. And especially when you have a business. And when I read that, I was like, that's great because a lot of people wouldn't think that far. That's so true. You go down a rabbit hole of trying to dig yourself out of a PR scandal because it's just so many things that can just go the backlash from social media, from people. So that's great that you made that decision and and stuck with that. I Thank like that. you. Yeah, for sure. What's happening in your world today or, or now with your agency? So I'm in the process of moving. Yes. I'll be relocating to Lagos, Nigeria. Ooh. <laughs> oh, 
breaking news. <laughs> breaking news, guys. Is, uh, did they hear it first here? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lagos. Yep. So I'm so excited. I'll be out there for a few months. Okay. Doing some commission work with different brands. Oh, you are a gem. You're yeah. an angel. So I'm really excited about that. That's amazing. And um, while I'm there, you know, I said, why not explore TV presenting and acting as well? So <laughs> got a couple things lined up in that arena. Look at, you know what? That's <laughs> great. That's great. That's great. You're excited? I'm so excited. Yeah. You packed up and ready? Uh, slightly. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> slightly. Uh, there's some more packing that needs to happen. Okay. But I'm really excited and I'm really excited about skipping winter in New York. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I'm hearing it's going to be a cold winter, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to miss all of that real quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you'll be there for a few months and your agency is going to run business as usual here in the States. Yes. My executive assistant's moving with me as well. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so, nice. Yeah, that's well, nice. It'll be literally business per usual. So you're going to Lagos. That's great. Do you have any travel before then? Yes. I'm going to Milan on Tuesday for Milan Fashion Week. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. Have you been before? Yes. I love Milan. That's you like do? my vibe. Mm -hmm. I was there a month and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You love it better than Paris? I do. You do? Yeah. Most people like Paris better than Milan, but I don't know. For some reason, Milan's better for me. Is it the food? Is it the just the atmosphere? What it's is it? It's just the vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, Paris is very elitist and very... Is it? Who's who? And, you know, I just navigate better in Milan. For me, it's just been better to, like, network out there. Okay. For sure. Mm hmm And I just have a lot of plugs out there. So I'm actually taking an Afrobeats artist to Milan Fashion Week, taking him around to some shows. His name's Poppy Kojo. Poppy Kojo. Dope artist from Ghana, OG artist. Nice. So we're going to be taking him around to some shows. Okay. And just really establishing relationships with, like, the different fashion houses. Okay. And, you know, okay. having him out and about, making the best dress yeah. list, all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's good. So he's from Ghana? Yes. Have you been to Ghana? Yes. You have? I okay. love Ghana. I, I want to go. It's you should. Everybody's going this December. For the year of the return? Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I've got to look into that. How did you find this artist? I actually met him when I was in Ghana through okay. a mutual friend of mine named okay. Kofi Motivation. Okay. He's an amazing photographer. And um, yeah, they're really close friends and you know, he connected us and we hit it off like off rip, like even like on a friendship tip. Nice. So I'm really invested in his project right now. And, and you know, we got some big things coming up even outside of Milan Fashion Week. Um, so I want to ask you, because I just thought about this when you mentioned you don't do what you do for money. When you're in an instance where you have a potential client, let's say, that comes to you and can't or may not be able to afford your rate, right? But you love their work. Do you find yourself saying, you know what? I love what you do. I love your work. We'll work together. It's not about money for me. We'll work together. We'll we'll figure it out. Have you had those instances? For sure. Um, I call situations like that partnerships, mm. you know? really linking with someone and creating a dope partnership out of it. Yep. Uh, because yeah, it's not always about money. And if you believe in someone's brand and yep. you see the end goal, then, you know, money will come. Absolutely. I always say that. Absolutely. It's important to be flexible and to be fluid, but it's about finding, as you said, someone who has the same values and someone who is on the same page. And if you love their work, figuring out a way to work together. Yeah. Right. With your busy schedule and being the, the girl boss that you are, how is dating for you running a business? It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. Um, 
especially being in the entertainment industry, I feel like I just have like this tainted view sometimes. Yes. Of what real dating is like. Yes. Um, but you know, I keep some people around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um I don't know. It's hard to to keep up with me and keep up with my busy life and understand what's all going on. So it's yep. kind of, it's weird trying to figure out that happy medium of dating a, a regular guy, aka a non industry guy, and mm-hmm. dealing with somebody who's in the industry. So I'm still to this day trying to figure out that balance. Do you have a preference? I prefer non industry guys. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you mm-hmm. feel that they are more understanding? They're. They, they too don't have a tainted view of dating because when I deal with industry guys, it's like, they're just like avid cheaters. <laughs> so I don't even go down that path. Um, yeah. I, I like guys who are not in the entertainment industry for sure. Yes. Yes. I, I can see, I can see that. Because like my parents, they've been married for 35 years. They just celebrated 35 years the other day. Congrats to them, mom and, and dad. Yeah, they're just serious relationship goals. Yes. Me and somebody's son. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just amazing. And I want that type of love. and that That's type your of, standard. Yeah. So you already know what it looks like. And that's a great foundation to start from. Like, I already know what I... So if you're not ready for this... Right. Because this is where I start. That's like 99% of industry guys. They're not serious. <laughs> because everybody's trying to figure it out and everybody's trying to get their career together. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then you also have a large chunk of people that are doing it for the gram and posting and they're faking it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to distinguish who people really are. And for by sure. the time you take the time to figure out who someone is it's like because people are not really up front especially working in the industry any non-industry guys out there (laughs) come hither come (laughs) hither come hither she's taking applications (laughs) so when you get back from lagos do you have any plans or goals getting back to the states yeah there's a couple of things up in the air right now like even where i'm going to be relocating to when i come back because i live in jersey now okay but I'm also exploring other opportunities, like maybe moving out to L.A. when I come back. I love L.A. I do love L.A. I love L.A. I do. Okay. But I'm also really addicted to New York. Like You are? Oh, my gosh. I'm obsessed. Yeah. And it's always been like such like a far-fetched idea for me to move to L.A. because I really love New York so much. Mm-hmm. There's so much hustle and grind out here. You meet so many unique people from yes. all over the globe, all walks of life. So many business opportunities. So many. I, I really believe if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And That's true. Even when New York's not good to me, I still love it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So I think I might move to L.A. I think naturally that's the next step for me. I agree. Same. I think I love L.A. I love the vibe in L.A. A lot of people that I talk to, they say L.A. is very clicky. It is. <laughs> You're like, it is. <laughs> clicky and just very superficial. Like, how many followers do you have? And just, you know. Really? I have not had that experience. Yeah, L.A. is wild. You know, you go to mm-hmm. parties and you realize it's like an Instagram link up. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, mm-hmm. I got my million followers over here. Yeah. You got yours over there. Yeah. As opposed to coming from New York, we the plug doesn't even have an Instagram. Right. Right. So, you know, we're about real business out here and really yep. getting to the money yep. out there. It's a lot of facade going on that's true that's very true you you have a point 
You have a point, but I love LA. That will probably too be my next move. And then I said, I do want to travel abroad and eventually live abroad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be Paris or maybe I need to put Milan on my list. Oh, you'll love it. To go. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do that. So do you have any new ventures for your agency or any extensions or anything you want to get into or venture into? Yeah. So um, I'm working on kicking off a Latin division as well. Because, Ooh, OK. You know, I've dove like heavily into hip hop and Afro beats already. Yep. Um, and my next stop is definitely a Latin division. So mm. one of my homegirls that I went to college with is helping me spearhead that. And then also first quarter of 2020, I'm dropping my first A&R project. So I'm going to be like on my DJ Khaled. Oh. <laughs> and dropping a compilation tape. Okay. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. It'll feature uh, popular hip hop artists, Afrobeats artists, and even dance hall and K-pop artists as well. That's exciting. You're so busy. Yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> Plug that in one more time. No, just <laughs> Make sure you heard. Can we put, repeat it? <laughs> That's amazing. So you have a ton of things going on. You're moving abroad. You have these extensions and new ventures already planned for 2020. It's coming up. Yeah. You know, the the year is almost over, really. It flew by. What's one highlight of this year for you and your, your company? I think scaling my business as a whole was a highlight of mine this year. Okay. After I came back from Africa in January, I spent a month in Africa between Nigeria and Ghana Okay, back in December, January, and it was just a reawakening period for me and so transformative. Um, when I came back, I ended up hiring my best friend from college as my executive assistant. Nice. And really being able to like scale and bring on really a full team, you know, between interns and other in-house creatives. Um, I just can't stress that enough. Like just the idea of scaling, that's been like a big theme of mine in 2019. Okay. Um, the ability to just scale. You know, you have these big dreams, you have these big ideas. How do you structure a team where adding them makes you more money and makes the business more productive? So that was a highlight of mine, really being able to put people on salary. Like that's, that's dope. huge. And not having to use, you know, interns all the time, but have people who literally work for you. That's huge. Yeah. You know, it's your baby, right? Your company is your baby and you're saying, hey, this is my baby. I would like you to come and work with me and my baby. Right. Getting people to believe in the vision and having a team of people who are dedicated to pushing the needle forward. In the same direction. Mm-hmm. Toward the same goal. Collective goal. Collective goals. Sometimes you can look up on it and sometimes it takes a while to find those people. For sure. And luckily you were lucky enough to find someone that you already knew. Right. Yeah, your best friend. Literally, it was meant to be. Absolutely. Was there a low point for you this year um, with either yourself or your business? I wouldn't call it necessarily a low point, but I was consulting with a brand. This wasn't too long ago. It was only like a month ago. I was consulting with a brand and um, I experienced some racism. You mm. know, they had me on board to, you know, provide my creative input okay. and ideas. And it's so interesting no matter how successful you are in this space, you still face those sorts of barriers that you see on the news. Like, you know, every day, you know, discrimination exists no matter what space you're in. Yep. So I found myself consulting for this brand and they weren't fully invested in me. They didn't want to one. They didn't even want to like put my 
dark brown skin on their social media. I was Gosh. creating content for them. You oh, know gosh. what I mean? It was right. overbearing. Right. But at the same time, they wanted me to like curate like in-store events for them and bring my influencers that I have relationships with because they're still trying to tap into urban. But yes. don't want to go too far into yeah. urban. Just don't get me started. You know how that goes. So it's like having one foot in the pool and the other out. Mm-hmm. It was one of those sorts of experiences. And I, I realized it. And, you know, I, I wrapped that contract up because I'm like... <laughs> You're not serious. Yeah. And um, it was just definitely eye opening because I think also often like being a black woman or just a black person in this industry, oftentimes we think to ourselves, you know, like maybe we should infiltrate, you know, like some white spaces and, you Mm -hmm. know, gain some Mm -hmm. of that privilege Mm -hmm. and bring it over here. And then when that respect level isn't mutual, you realize you know what, I'm best over here doing business with my own people and helping build other black creatives up and, you know, exchanging amongst one another. Absolutely. And that goes back to, I always say that life is about making decisions. Life is about, it's making a choice. And so you made the choice to say, because you could have, you could have stayed. I could have. You could have stayed in that and dealt with it and you know, did the work, but you made a choice that, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stand for that. And sometimes you have to do that. Most times you have to do that. Yeah, for sure. And that, I think that goes back to the, the morale conversation we had, because there are people who might have compromised something to get something out of that situation. But for me, I'm like, we're going to just nix the whole thing. Yeah. And that was cool with me because I know other opportunities are going to come that make sense. Absolutely. And then you're not blocking anything with that negative experience from something bigger and better to come your way. Whatever the brand was will come back. It's really wild how to this day we are still even having the conversation. I know. It's crazy. I just I don't understand. That's why I think I'm also excited about moving to Legos because I'm moving to an area where it's predominantly black. Yes. And I'm just going to be living and coexisting in a black space. And that's really exciting for me. The closest thing that we have to that here is Atlanta. Yes. And I think my last trip to Atlanta back in May was confirmation for me that moving to Lagos was the move for me. Because being out there, I'm eating at these amazing restaurants, partying at these hot spots, and it's black owned. And it's a different experience when you're with your own people. You know, when you're amongst black people, you have black privilege, you know? Yeah, and And you feel it. Yeah. There's a difference. Yes, when you're around your own people, you know, it's just organic. It It makes sense. It's not forced, and it feels really great. Yes. There's no barriers, really. Not at all. It's love. It's light. It's positive energy. It's uplifting. It's all love. For sure. I'm a big proponent in, you know, working with black people in general. Same. And investing in black. Same. Point blank, period. Same, same, same. Um, We have the spending power in the trillions. Yep. Uh, So it's a no brainer. No brainer. People really have to wake up and just get on board. There's so many things that we could be doing to just elevate one another because when you invest black, that comes back full circle and affects you. I'm always going to buy black and support black people. It just makes sense for me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I went to Pyre Moss's show this past New York Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. And Kirby's vision is just amazing. It was an amazing show. Yep. It just was so multi-layered. There is so many metaphors that were involved and there mm-hmm. was a spoken word component and mm-hmm. it was super A-list. Everybody from Offset to Vic Mensa, yep. everybody was in the building. And I'm like, yo, this is really dope. And we just need to keep pushing Pyre Moss and the brand. needs to be more of that. Yeah. Like, we need to rap about Pyre Moss, not Versace. Yes. We need to yes. put Kirby yes. and his brand at that same level and 
make that what's it. Why don't we do that? Girl. <laughs> I'm like, one of these rappers needs to drop Pyre Moss in a rap song. Like, right? Say it. Look. Say it out loud so we can hear it. <laughs> so that has been our hour, Savannah. I'm so happy that you came. It's so good to chat with you. Before you go, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media. I'm on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Sav, S-A-V underscore Brit, B-R-I-T-T. And uh, check me out. My website, savannabrit.com. Well, good luck on everything. Travel safe to Lagos. Thank Eat you so good. much. Yes, 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 yes. Come back. Let us know how the trip was. We'll be looking out for everything that you're doing when you get back and beyond. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was like a long time coming. I know. It's <laughs> always, it's okay because it's all my guests are always so busy. And it's a ton of just trying to align schedules. And like, so when you finally made it, I was like, yes, finally. Finally, before you left. Thank so, you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, it's been a pleasure. I'm Whitney, and you're listening to Meet the Owner. <laughs>